I am a self-proclaimed, you know, multi-potentialite. I have many interests, many ideas, many things I want to do. And there was so much going on in my head and I didn't know how to navigate, sort, or kind of figure out what I wanted to do next. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. What does it really take to make big moves when you're making a career change? Now, we're talking like three or four levels or job titles up from what you've done before. What do you you think that takes? So I've been in financial services for over 13 years and thought, well, maybe I could try something in healthcare or maybe consumer packaged goods, but wasn't totally sure. That's Linnea Calderon. And when we got the opportunity to first meet her, well, (laughs) she was determined to make some pretty big moves. She wanted to be able to have the type of career fulfillment that she'd heard on our podcast many times before. And guess what? Not so many months later, she's now found that. And we want to be able to break down how all of this happened. So my title now is Senior Vice President of Emerging Products. And what I get to do is develop product roadmaps and innovation strategies for retail partners across the U.S. who ultimately provide payment services to their customers when they're in the store, in their app. And I'm part of developing what we do next with all of the top retailers in the United States. That's awesome. Why was that something that is really exciting for you in your situation? Because we know that everybody's career looks a little bit different as far as what they need. But for you, why is this a great thing? For me, great because it aligns with not only my personality, but what I wanted to do next. And so I'm someone who loves to think big picture and think into the future. I love to motivate people to do and think about what we want to do next and how we can serve our customers and then actually see it through launch and marketplace. And so all of those components align with myself and what I want to do. And I'm able to hit all of those key areas within this role. That is awesome. And I said it before, but congratulations again, because that's a big change. Nicely done. And what was for context, I know, but what was your role that you're coming out of? What type of situation? Fill people in on what was the previous role? Sure. So before then, I was senior strategy consultant, or also senior marketing manager for context. And I led a team of 10 managers across an organizational change management system where we were deploying how we were working differently as an organization, and then also training executives on where they wanted to go within their business, developing their roadmaps and their goals and helping them get there. So, so what is it that led you up this road then? Do you want to make the change in the first place? So I love this question because this is, I'd put a slide together for Lisa when I was actually consulting with her initially on whether I should do this or not. And hold on. Can I just say that I love (laughs) that you put a slide together for Lisa? 
That <laughs> that makes me so happy on so many levels. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry yeah. to interrupt, but just wanted to acknowledge that. Yeah. So you put a slide together. Yeah, I actually put a whole PowerPoint deck for her and then awesome. this is one slide from it. But this actually started back in August of 2017 when I completed my MBA program and I knew I wanted to make a change but didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And then in September of 2017, I started actually career coaching with another coach and went through that process. And at the end, I felt okay, but I wasn't fully prepared on what I should do next. And I wasn't 100% sure this is what I should do next. And I just didn't feel comfortable and I was missing something. And so January of 2018, I had found your podcast and I binge listened just like many of your listeners and even re-listened to many of the podcasts. And in February of 2018, you know, I went through and kind of picked my top two careers and I wasn't 100% sure. And then along with listening to the podcast, my epiphany moment was March 14th of 2018 when I had re-listened to How to Confidently Land Your Dream Job with Laura Morrison. And yeah. that was my moment when listening to her again, she had reached this self-actualization and I wanted to feel that. And I didn't feel that after I've gone through my experience. So that was the moment where I was like, I need to make a change and I need to invest more into myself and, and sign up for the program. Well, I am one, so glad that you got to listen to Laura, not once, but twice. And for context, Laura, we had her on past episode. She made pretty large change of her own right. And clearly you've been able to follow suit. So when you started and embarked on this change and you recognized that you wanted some of those self-actualization pieces, as you called it, that you hadn't felt that in the way that you wanted to, what caused you to keep going? What caused you to begin down that pathway? And was it just that podcast and you had listened to it and said, okay, I'm doing, I'm doing this. I'm making this type of change and I'm figuring out, or was there something else along the way? Yeah. I would say another part of it along with the podcast was I am a self-proclaimed, you know, multi-potentialite. I have many yes. interests, many ideas, many things I want to do. And there was so much going on in my head and I didn't know how to navigate, sort, or kind of figure out what I wanted to do next. And so that was really the other part of my story is I just had so much going on and so much I wanted to do, but not a very clear way of getting to something and figuring out how best I should do that. Mm. So what were the areas that you were struggling with in particular? What was making it hard for you to, as you said, figure out the way to best do that? Mm -hmm. One of the things is I was debating whether I want to switch over to a different industry. So I've been in financial services for over 13 years and thought, well, maybe I could try something in healthcare or maybe consumer packaged goods, but wasn't totally sure. And the roles that I was looking at were... A variety. They span from a marketing type of manager, director role to consultant to someone in operations. And so the path I could have chose, there was just so many and I wasn't sure what industry, what type of role and really needed help with that. 
So what did you do then to begin figuring that out? I mean, I know that you got the opportunity and we got the opportunity to work with you on this, but what really made a difference for you in your situation in order to begin having some measure of assurance that you're heading the right direction in any one direction? I think for me, along you know, with doing all of the homework and listening to the different modules, when we got to the point of kind of testing out different organizations and talking to people, that was really when I started to see the light or and understand that, okay, there's a lot to explore. This is a very succinct way to do it. And I think that really kind of jump-started, at least in my mind, okay, now I can really start to figure out where I want to go next. Mm. That's really interesting. So why do you think that was such a, not aha moment, that's not the word I'm looking for, but why do you think that was such a big deal that prompted you to be able to begin to see the light into that tunnel? I would say it's a big deal because incorporated all the components and how you talk to people, how you understand organizations, how you understand different roles and get a sense and a sample of what the next role could be like, what the next company could be like, who can you work with and what the organization is like. And so being able to do that and also have a way where there was a structured approach to do that really, really helped me a lot. What were some of the conversations that you got to have? You mentioned having a variety of conversations and getting to know different organizations and different opportunities, but what were some examples of those conversations and how did you go about that? Sure. So I actually started with my internal network first and I put together a list of organizations that I was interested in and started tapping into my network and saying, hey, I really want to meet XYZ person, would you be willing to introduce me? And kind of went down that route. And a lot of those interactions, which I, my goal was to do about four to six reaching out conversations a week, whether they were phone calls or a lot of them were coffees or lunches, and just keeping those interactions in the pipeline and always making sure I had someone next to talk to or reach out to. With any of those conversations, do you remember any in particular that were particularly useful for you in understanding, hey, I really should not head this direction? Or, or hey, this is great reinforcement that I'm heading the right direction. Anything stand out to you? Yeah. So there was one interaction. I talked with a recruiter, an internal recruiter for one of the banks in the Chicagoland area. And uh-huh. it was really an interview, phone interview, where I was interviewing him. And a lot of the responses that I got back from him as he was describing the culture of the organization just didn't fit. They were very reluctant to change and try new things. And some of the questions I asked, he didn't even have answers to. So that was a big red flag of this company wasn't for me. And I'm glad I knew that up front. So, so what'd you do? Well, I thanked him for his time and, you know, did the follow-up thank you and wrote the thank you letter as you're supposed to do, but then continue my journey with other organizations or roles that really interested me. So it was kind of keep going through my list and figuring out where I want to go. And it was awesome that I didn't choose that place. And it was great that I knew that up front and I didn't have to spend a lot of time 
if I had applied for a role and gone through the process, I would have wasted a lot of time if I hadn't just reached out and did 20 minute phone call. So that is amazing. And I just want to share how big of a deal that is, because I think it's really easy as you're listening to that to underscore just how powerful that is. Because essentially what I heard you saying that you were doing was, first of all, you had to have some measure of idea of what you wanted in the first place to be able to make those types of decisions. But then you were actively interviewing them. You were seeking out that information. And rather than the normal traditional, I don't know what we want to call it, the normal traditional methods of, I send my application in and then I wait. And then maybe they interview me and then I wait and I'm sort of at their mercy. You took the exact opposite approach and you were doing that exact same thing in reverse. And first of all, that's awesome. And second of all, what you said after that, I think is really, really powerful because that allowed you to not waste any time with that company. Who knows? Maybe they would have given you a job offer after you know many months of interviewing and all kinds of stuff like that. And you didn't have to go through any of that. Instead, could focus your time and energy on the other places that really did. So awesome job. What was the hardest thing for you in making this type of transition and going through the the process? You went through overall in about six months, I think you said, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the toughest part of all of this was... The company that I was at was going through a lot of different organization changes and restructures. And I was trying to ensure I had a a job at that company while I was looking for my next role. And I know that I got burnt out mentally, physically, and even emotionally, just kind of trying to switch my mindset between, okay, I'm trying to get a job internally just to have a job and I would say, you know, survive to some extent while I was trying to work on getting my dream job. So I think that was one of the most difficult parts of the journey was doing almost double work, but that was my own choice. And I just knew I had to get through it and take it day by day. What did you do that made it easier on yourself? Or what did you do that caused it to work for you? Because I totally been there many times over with many career changes, that is not an easy thing where you have, for all intents and purposes, double work and you know, searching for two jobs in two different ways at the same time. But what made it easier? Or what did you find that worked for you in your situation? Yeah, I tried to leverage the experience opportunities that I was going through with the internal search and use that and practice or when I was interviewing or reaching out to people for the role that I really wanted to be at. And so I tried to make it very purposeful and utilize that journey and to use it for my next one. And I think that really helped because then from that perspective, I wasn't wasting any time. I was still practicing. I was still doing the same types of preparation and thought process to prepare. So that way, it wasn't as difficult is if I didn't purposely try to use, you know, what I've been going through for one search uh, into the next one. So let me ask you another question about that too, because I know that I'm going to get a ton of emails about if we don't ask this question, but we sort of glossed over the fact that in terms of title, I don't know if it's necessarily as much in terms of day-to-day type jobs, but definitely in title, you made 
substantial jumps, like three or four jumps in, <laughs> in terms of title. Is that fair to say? Yes. And a lot of people, I know from experience in doing this for many years, a lot of people will automatically assume, oh, well, she could do that, but it's not, I could never do that. Or in a lot of cases, I get this question pretty much every day in one shape or, or another. That's impossible. You can't do that. Like That's just not feasible. And yet we see that happen again and again and again, and you're a great example of that. So I'm curious from your perspective, after being there doing that, why do you think that was a real possibility for you? And what would you advise people that are having some of those impossible thoughts jumping into their head? Mm -hmm. I would say one of the keys to my success was very in-depth preparation for every single interaction that I had, whether it was a informal coffee, whether it was an interview, whether it was following up in an email or a handwritten letter. Every interaction that I had or knew I was going to have, I prepared for to the nth degree. And so in that way, there is no question that I couldn't answer or anything that I couldn't be prepared for because I genuinely prepared a lot, probably more than I've ever have even for like tests or anything. I mean, I genuinely prepared so much for every single interaction I had with someone. I think that's great evidence, though. That when you do things that other people are not willing or unwilling to do, you get opportunities and you get to do things that other people are not going to be able to do. So I think you're a testament to that. And I very much appreciate you sharing. So let me ask just a couple other questions here that I think are that people would want to know about your situation. One, for somebody else who is thinking about making this type of change. And somebody else who's maybe is back where you were back in December or January, mm -hmm. and just really recognizing that something has to change in one way or another, and then just on the beginning part of making that decision. And actually, for you, it even started before that, right? It started with the end of your master's, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. When somebody's back there, what advice would you give them now that you've been through this journey full circle, literally full circle, mm -hmm. <laughs> listening to the podcast, as you said, and now on the show only so many months later. Yeah. What do you think? I would say use a variety of different avenues and educate yourself. So one of the things that I did was along with the podcast that I would listen to in between driving to work or at the gym, I also, from the podcast, took information and bought books and about specific topics that I was interested in. And so one of the books, and I'll give a shout out, is Wait, How Do I Write This Email by Danny Rubin. Yeah. Yeah. He had, I think it was on the, a couple times on your show, and he talked about his yep. book and he provided some really good content. And you know, I was like, wow, this is a great sample. And so let me explore more. So I bought the book and read that. And same thing with you know, negotiation. That wasn't my strongest point. So after listening to Josh Judy's podcast, I bought his book, Fearless Salary Negotiation, read it, did the exercises. And so my advice would be to use different avenues and educate yourself during the process because the more you know, the more power that you have behind yourself and the confidence that you have when you get to the point of, of when you want to go after a role. That's fantastic. One of the things that we don't talk a lot about on the podcast that maybe we should do a full episode on it at some point, but anytime you're making a change in your life, 
we found that anytime you can almost fully immerse yourself in a variety of different sources of not just information, but things that are going to set you up to carry yourself forward. I know one of the things that we talk about inside Career Change Bootcamp is building a plan for inevitable success or building a plan for when it gets hard. But in some ways, a big part of that, like completely surrounding yourself by all of the things that you need to make yourself successful for whatever type of change that you're making. In your case, a pretty massive career change. And I appreciate you sharing because I think that that gets glossed over in some of the other times that we talk about it and what it really actually takes. Yeah, I was going to totally agree with you because I did immerse myself. It became almost my part-time job where I would work on you know myself or prepare after work and up until like one in the morning sometimes because that was the time I had to work on this. And so fully immersing yourself and making it high priority is, is very important to getting where you want to go. What was the hardest part for you in order to make it a really high priority? Because I think a lot of people really struggle to find the time or really to... I mean, it's even hard to acknowledge that it should be a high priority in the first place. And I think we find... I know I certainly do from time to time and I have to yank myself out of it in one way or another. But sometimes I'll revert back to the thinking of, (laughs) there's only so much time in the day and I just don't have the time for this, even though I am on the other side saying, look, this needs to be a really, really high priority. So what did you find really worked for you in order to make this a high priority in actuality? Yeah, I schedule time on my work calendar and personal calendar was one of the biggest ways and helpers to do that is to just carve out time and put it on your calendar and stick to it. And I would say another thing is finding time in between when you're not doing something or you could listen to something while you were driving. And, you know, whether it was on a plane or even on vacation or wherever I was, I was listening to a module. I was doing some of the homework I was drafting. And I was always doing something all the time or when I could. So that is another, I think, key to success is try to find all the little time in between where you can just, you know, do something small. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to sit down for hours at a time if you don't have that, but do something in between. That's amazing. And I feel like when we're working with people and working with our students inside Crew Change Bootcamp or in any place, a lot of what we find that we're doing is helping people tailor the work that they need to do, that everybody needs to do to make this type of change into their world. And I think that's a bit about what you're talking about. If it really truly is a priority, you have to find the maybe not easy, but possible ways to embed it in your world. And you seem to have done a really, really nice job of that. And Lisa mentioned that as well. So I feel like I keep saying a really nice job and kudos, but I mean it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you, you know, for creating something so wonderful, helpful and meaningful to help people like me get to really where they want to go. I mean, that's such an incredible invention that you've created. That's just so helpful. So thank you. My pleasure. As it turns out, it's what we love to do and it is absolutely what we do. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to be able to help you too. Oh, really, the pleasure is all mine, Scott. I mean, it's been great. And I would recommend this to anyone at any point in time when they're trying to make a change. It's just so great. The only other question that I have for you is, as you think back over this entire journey, if you kind of pick one thing that mattered more than anything else, 
what would that be? And I'm going to force you to one thing here, because a lot of time you've probably even heard some of the podcasts where we talk about, let's choose the highest impact things. And let's acknowledge that it could be different for everybody, but from your experience, what mattered most overall to really help you make this pretty gigantic change? I would say to not let anyone or anything get in the way of achieving your goal. And that includes yourself, getting in the way in yourself, questioning yourself or letting others question you, just going and doing and figuring out a way to get what you want and working at it every day, I think was is number one. You know, things can come up and there can be experiences or things that may get in the way or take some time out of what you're trying to do. But ultimately, you know, don't let anyone or anything get in the way of your goal and your dreams. Appreciate you sharing that. And thank you so much again for taking and making the time and coming on the show. And especially since you started out by finding us way back when at the beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. And it just means a lot to me that you'd come and share your story with everybody else and allow everybody else to benefit from it too. Oh, thank you for having me. And it's been a great experience. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Happen to Your Career podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. And guess what? We've got plenty more coming up next week right here on Happen to Your Career. So take a listen to what we've got in store for you next week on the Happen to Your Career podcast. And that's why I struggle in my current role because it's all very reactive and it is draining. And I think that's what I really enjoyed about the role I'm interviewing for is I was so energized by, you know, I'm planning something positive for the community to utilize in the future. And that was really enjoyable. That's right. All that and plenty more next week. It's here on Happen to Your Career. I will see you next week when the episode releases on Monday. All right. I am out. Adiós.